Välkommen till Rat Race, din guide i äckorhjulet. Den här podden presenteras av Exparang som är en matchningsplattform för ledar- och styrelseuppdrag. Du heter Filip Strömbäck. Och du heter Sofia Wingren. Nu kör vi. Tjena Filip. Hej Sofia. Allt bra? Eh, ja, Nej, men det är väl bra. Ja. Ah. Man ska ju inte heller prata så mycket om sina svagheter och det som går dåligt i livet. Man ska ju mest prata om det som är bra. Du säger det? Ja, är det inte så? Jag vet inte, jag, vi kikade ju för ett tag sedan på... Och på en kille, det var någon Princeton-professor som hade skapat något, ett helt CV bara fullt av allt som inte hade gått bra. Mm. Det ändå var lite fräscht. Att man ja. kan liksom outa sina, outa sina svagheter. Sina svagheter. Ja. Men ja. Då, då sa du till mig någonting som, som fastnade faktiskt apropå det här med att visa sina svagheter- eller sina dåliga sidor så sa du det där är bara att kokettera med, med sina svagheter det där, det där blir inte på riktigt liksom. det är det där, den här Princeton-professorn han bara sitter där och visar allas flotta jobb han inte har fått och... ja men just det, det fallet som det blev ju subtilt skryt just det det blev ju ja. det var, jag, kommer inte ihåg, jag kommer inte ihåg att du har det där men det var ju liksom så här. Grejer som han då inte hade fått i sin karriär. Och det var ju helt omöjliga grejer eh, som han inte hade fått. Det var ju typ Nobelpriset och sånt. <laughs> Men skulle, är det också då subtilt skrit egentligen när man, er, när man liksom i, en, i en jobbintervju talar om att man har, man har fått sparken från olika vd som vd på Swedbank <laughs> till ja. exempel? Är det, är det också någon slags skryt då, kanske? Nej, det behöver väl inte vara per se, tänker jag. Det kan ju vara ett fiasko också, såklart. Men, men, eh, nej, men det är någonting med alltså, riktiga misslyckanden. Alltså riktiga saker som påvisar att du faktiskt inte är perfekt. Det är väl det som jag är ute efter. Och den här professorn CV... Jag får ju ingen känsla i det sevet för vad det är som gör honom sårbar eller icke-perfekt. Jag får ju bara en känsla för att det är en väldig massa väldigt, väldigt prestigefyllda grejer som han nästan har varit aktuell för men som han inte lyckades få. Jag vill ju förstå i min egenskap som rekryterare eller sådär, då vill jag ju bli trygg i... Vad det är med dig Sofia som jag kommer behöva vara beredd på. Vad är liksom dina svagheter? Vad är, vad är, vad är, du, vad är du inte så bra på? Och det, tyck, det får man inte alls i ett sånt här misslyckande skryt-CV. Mm. Förstår du vad jag menar? Ja, jag förstår vad du menar. Mm. Och så vill du bedöma om de svagheterna på något vis. Är, är de, kan du leva med dem? Eller passar de så, är de så dålig fit till just det här jobbet att, att det inte går tyvärr? Just det här jobbet blir det klurigt med de svagheterna. Men ja. ett annat jobb så funkar det alldeles utmärkt. Alltså något sånt. Ja. Ja. 
Vi ska, ja, vem ska berätta vem vi ska prata med Filip? Vi ska prata med Arnaud. Ja. Det är ungefär så långt jag kan om hans namn. Du får säga resten. Det är ju lite sensitiv namn. Vi ska prata med Arnaud Henville Vedholm. Som har skrivit boken How Hard Can It Be? Vad spännande. Welcome to Rat Race, Arnaud. Thanks, Sofia. And thanks, Philip, for having me today. Great having you here. Yeah, I'm super so, excited. Yeah. You are uh, you are uh, getting famous at least on uh, <laughs> on social media for your book How Hard Can It Be? And in that book you talk about one of your big sort of life events which happens to be a big failure. Mm. Right. We would like to talk to you about that today. What was it that failed? Um, well, I think w- what failed actually is is living up to the expectations that we had set to to ourselves as as company founders. We we had that big dream of denting the universe, like most of tech entrepreneurs have, and we really went all in into that that dream of ours, and we achieved quite a lot of success along the way, but eventually not the success we had hoped for. So we, I, at least I, classify this as a as a failure because because it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to turn out. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be the, uh, yeah. Yeah. Did you lose, did you also lose a lot of money or did uh, you lose relationships? Was, was there sort of extra... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, effects of the company that didn't happen the way you wanted? Um, well, certainly money. Uh, so not only, perhaps not personal money because we were funded. Uh, so I personally didn't lose so much beside the, 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 the few thousands that we had put on the table initially to get started. But, you know, it's all about uh, opportunity cost. So as we run through that journey for for seven years, close to seven years, um, a lot of things uh, could have happened uh, that did not happen because we were so into our venture. Um, so money in a way, definitely pension money, if you look at it this way from a, a pension perspective, because as a as an entrepreneur, I mean, it's not that you put money aside for your pension, you really go all in. So certainly that. Um, in terms of personal relationships. No, luckily my, my wife stayed with me even though it was hard for her. <laughs> um, so she did cope with uh, with uh, my, um, you know, crazy ideas um, and stayed along, which which is great. I mean, she knows me, she knows how I, I function. So she, um, you know, that's part of the, of the marriage. It's the whole thing or, or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but we had, as you say, it's, it's interesting because the startup oftentimes it's looked upon as, you know, it's it's those entrepreneurs and their ideas and their vision. But there is way more to the to the bag into the bag than just this. It's it's the entire ecosystem. It's the it's the people who are influenced by your life and you to uh, and whose life you influence because of of what you are doing so it's 
it's friends and family, the closest circle, but then obviously it's um, it's your employees and it's it's the uh, employee the families of your employees and the, the circle extend and naturally it's the investors and and all of their extended families and so we had a few hiccups along the way naturally even in, in our close founding teams team of you know personal issues that you have to deal with which obviously you couldn't plan for. Mm. Mm. But looking at your LinkedIn profile, you can see that you've had a, a career filled with quite uh, different uh, perspectives on work and how and roles. You've been marketing, you've been headhunter, as you said before, calling and then the, this entrepreneur uh, journey. And now you make a living out of talking about uh, and selling books about your experience that failed. So it's been very uh, um, different paths for you going forward. Uh, how did you, what do you think uh, makes you uh, land on your feet? Um, well, I think I've, I've learned to uh, tame um, uh, being afraid of things over time i think perhaps it's it's uh it's, you know my my um my childhood how I was how i moved a lot as a kid i was always in different environments i'm, I'm born in africa i've been mm -hmm. traveling the world uh, literally so although i'm french um by by dna mm -hmm. as far as i know at least um you know i've been all over the place and and as a result i've always have had to adapt to a new environment, a new situation, a new, a new context, a new country, a new set of, of values. And as a result, I guess it had, has made me more adaptable perhaps uh, to, to new experiences. Uh -huh. um, and then in terms of the positions I've had, uh, yeah, you know, being French, you know, in France, it's not the same as in Sweden or, or any other more uh open um, you know markets really? uh, in a way in france it's very traditional still i mean it's, it's a long time i've left uh france but back then i already had a, a typical background because after my ba i decided to to work which is when i became um, a headhunter um and then i worked and eventually decided to go back to studying but that was not it's not the typical curriculum in the french norm and so and so already then i was uh, i was a bit different uh, so I've, I've i've pursued being different by design uh mm -hmm. trying to you know do things and leverage you know eventually i think it comes down to i've embraced now you only live once and I, I don't want to live um, a life that is uh, not the life I want to live. So I'd, I'd rather try things, even if, you know, they may not be in line with the perception that, that people are casting on you and the things that you believe others want to see you do, but rather really focusing on what you want to do, because ultimately it's your own decision, right? I mean, you decide. Mm -hmm. So that would be um, certainly true for me. Mm. 
Do, did it take a long time for you between the team uh, of founders closing down the business and 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 realizing it was over? Was it a long time between that point and you starting to write a book and starting to make a thing out of the failure? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, as we came out uh, of the journey, uh, which lasted close to seven years, um, of course, you see, you know, I talk about the um, there's this um, this saying that uh, you hear that the fat lady sings mm-hmm. this idea of it's coming to an end. So in the last year, we were really seeing the cliff, uh, getting closer to it. Yeah. Um, and so at that point, I was already starting to reflect, um, you know, why and, and and why is this happening when when on paper it looks like we have had quite a lot of success along the way. We did the right things apparently, and yet we fail. So from from the the moment that we closed down to the decision of writing the book. So the book was already in the making in a way, uh, subconsciously, I guess. Um, but it took um, it took a year and a half, and it took the pandemic really? to actually hit. Because in between, so I had a, f- a few months where I wondered, you know, what's next for me now that I've been talking about, uh, you know, selling big rollouts with with large organization, talking to CEOs. What should I do next? You know, having been my own boss, having had my own team, and doing all that exciting things. What's next for me? So it took a few months. Eventually, I I got to join a startup um, again, mm-hmm. um, and then as the pandemic hit, I was in charge of expansion, market expansion in in different markets. So obviously, when Corona hit, there was no longer um, a talk about expansion. So I had to make a decision whether I should continue that and focusing on Sweden or not, or should I use the the opportunity and leverage that to to do the thing as I said before, like I really want to do, which is writing a book. I've, I've oh. kind of had that idea, um, and so I went all in. You know, I, I sat down every day for four hours, just putting, you know, hitting the keyboard as fast as I could just to throw those ideas on on the screen and and see what would come out of it. Oh. Um, it took yeah a few months. Yeah. So also within that, did you what what did you do or what is it with you that made this a failure that you can sort of point at and compartmentalize rather than having the feeling of you being being the failure? Mm-hmm. That that separation is I don't think it's um, it it doesn't necessarily come natural no. to to every single person who's listening. So what is it with you? (laughs) Yeah, I think what really happened is that because I was I was convinced that we had done the right things. Mm. I mean, we we had a fantastic idea. We were incubated by Sting, you know, um, attached to Cotejo. We did raise money uh, several rounds. We, We did land huge organizations as clients. Um, we, on paper, it did look like success, and yet eventually uh, it did not work work out the way uh, we, we had hoped for it to work. And so, looking looking at it, having gone out of it, 
I realized that what is it I could have done uh, better, if anything? I mean, could have done any other thing that, that the things that we've done? And my conclusion was that no, we, we've done the perfect journey. We really did everything we could do. It's just that the universe was was not working with us this time. And as I look for literature around, you know, entrepreneurship and, you know, starting to research what's what's out there and realizing that most of the content that is available is mostly a content around success, right? It's about, uh, you know, uh, Richard Branson sending Galactica to space. It's about uh, how Elon Musk uh, made it big and all his ventures and, and so forth. It's all from the perspective of success. And there's nothing that informs uh, entrepreneurs about the the real journey, you know, the the hardship of of, you know, having an idea, running a startup, um, being hit with adversity, uh, facing uh, resistance, um, getting no's constantly, the ups, the you know, ups and downs, the peak, the peaks and the valleys of what it actually take to to run a company. Mm. I thought that now that I've done that, it's clear that it's not about me. It's it's not. I was not the weakest link. It's just. Uh, it's just that I'm just a data point. It, it, you know, I'm one, one, you know, one out of the, the nine that do not work out out of those 10. Mm. And so, you know, accepting that I was not the lucky one in that, in that instance, I could provide that evidence to others so that now they understand too that it's okay to fail. It's it's really okay because it's part of it. You can't always succeed. I love this sentence. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you were succeeding, if you were constantly succeeding and always you, then well, we have a problem because the universe doesn't just work with you succeeding. Some people have to fail. Some people have to succeed. I mean, it's it's the it's physics. So. With that in mind, I thought, well, you know, it's it's normal. It's okay. I I grant that and and I move on. Stepping hmm. into a, a room uh, on a job interview after failing, I think what Sophia pointed out as well, I think that's the hardest thing for many of our listeners to, to get their arms around. Uh, at least in Sweden, we have a culture of not, as, as a last, one of the last questions in an interview situation, it's it's always about tell me, uh, what 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 do you need to develop in yourself or how, and and we are not really comfortable in talking about uh, our um, scars or uh, our cracks uh, so to say we we uh, we're scared to show them off and I think also employers are a bit scared of what they should do with the information mm-hmm. if they get informed that okay. This person here, Arnaud, is apparently not flawless. Uh, he has done, he has failed. His last company didn't work out, and maybe someone got sacked or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, do you? What's your opinion on on in a recruitment situation how to handle failure? Yeah. Oh, I've, I've you know I've, I've now I'm using it as an advantage. I mean, it's like a, it's like a joker. It's the fantastic card to be able to you know people. Um, want authenticity yeah 
you know, if, if you hide something or if you if you don't show up as the person that you are, eventually it shines through because, well, you know, we, we can read. I mean, there's, there's a different reading between people. There's the, the things that you say and there's the way that you say them and the way that you communicate with, with one another. So authenticity is built, uh, you know, from nonverbal communication is built through the, the connection that we're having even through a screen. Mm. And so if I come up totally um, open, totally authentic about the way uh, I am as a person mm. and uh, it will it will come through and most likely you will be more uh, trusting of me mm. if I tell you exactly how I think, my journey and why I'm in this position today and, and what I've learned from it. So. I think, so there are two things, I guess. The first one is being really authentic to who you are and who you believe you are. And the second one is, I think failure is a misnomer. Um, we we tend to, uh, which is part, of, I mean, it's the biggest part of the problem in, 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 in the world today or in corporations at least, is that you, um, you don't want to fail, uh, both on the, on a startup level and, and a larger organization level, um, failure is uh, stigmatized, right? You 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 say in a big corp, I'm, I'm fascinated with, with those ideas of, of innovation. Everyone wants innovation, everyone wants to innovate, and everyone wants to bring the, uh, the startup mindset within the walls of large organization, yet no one is willing to talk about failure. So, I've worked with organizational culture before. Um, you can't have innovation if you don't have an acceptance um, and a culture that allows for not necessarily failure, which is where it needs to be uh, rephrased, but experimentation. Because the only thing you are doing really is, uh, you know, throwing things uh, against the wall, see which sticks. And that is the, the essence of, of experimenting. You don't know what's going to work. No one knows. I mean, life is too, way too complex to know what is actually going to work and what is not. So the only way is to have, to understand and to accept the fact that most of the things that you will try will not work. And that's oh. a fact. And then capitalize on those that do work and and have the discussion when they do not work, whether it's in a startup environment or in an organization. Okay, what have we learned from this experiment? You know, how can we leverage the stuff that we've learned into the next iteration of the thing we're going to throw against the wall to make it stick better? Um, yeah, long, long sorry. sentence. Sorry. I'm just sitting here thinking what did what is what what happened to, sort of what did your parents do with you in your upbringing to make yeah. you so confident what can we do to our kids to make yeah, them that's a brilliant question. this confident like when i asked you <laughs> when i asked you how you how you made failure be something over there that you had been part of and everything but you didn't put it inside you didn't internalize it how did I mean? What is it? What happened to you, or what did the, your parents do to you that made you be this? Or, or have you just inherited the personality from your parents? No, I think I've really worked on it hard because I'm yeah. not 
by by default, I'm not uh, over self-confidence at all. In fact, uh, probably the reverse. I'm always questioning myself. I'm always, or uh, perhaps less now, but I've always questioned whether, you know, others, it's, that's something I touch upon in the book. You, you always have the belief that the others know more than you do. Mm. They're smarter than you do. They have better knowledge. They have had better mm. careers. They have had better conditions. But all that is just a made-up uh, narrative um, in your head. In fact, we all have all we need and more to, to drive the kind of lives that, that we want to have. It's just a matter of really uh, understanding who you are and living that that one life of yours. So the 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 confidence that's also something I, I talk a lot these days. The confidence I got, which is which sounds backwards, because you would assume that you gain confidence as you are hyper successful, right? That uh, if you are a CEO or whatever, you've you know you have the power that comes with it, and you've achieved so much that uh, that has built your confidence along the way. In my case, it is the failure aspect that has built my confidence, because I know that I've done everything I could to make it work, and that if I did not, it's because of some some other reason, uh, which which I couldn't have influenced in the first place. It's like the uh, Stephen Covey. Uh, you know, circle of influence. Um, so there is a lot to say. Um, you know, I've, I've I've become a little bit uh, philosophical, or uh, you know, looking at the the purpose of of your own life. I mean, I've been researching a lot on you know free will and and all those aspects. Whether um, you know, trying really to live the life that you're here. I think you're, you're really here for a reason. One of the interesting things is that we, we don't inherit, um, uh, inherit the, um, the models and the, the constructs um, with which we, we live our lives, right? You, you function based on the, the belief systems that have been mm -hmm. uh, imposed upon, upon you by your family, your, your relatives, um, mm -hmm. the, the, the context, the, the environment in which you live. Um, and so perhaps for me, the, the, the understanding yourself and, and getting confidence about who you truly are, uh, are comes from the fact of trying to remove those things that you've been fed with, which, um, <laughs> which are not you. In fact, they're just things that you've, you've become to believe are you. Um, so it's more a question of instead of adding things to your life, it's removing things from it. Understanding by this, this analogy of peeling the onion, the understanding that by removing, you know, the beliefs that you have inherited, you truly understand who you are and what you are meant to, to be doing. Um, and so if if you fail, I think it's okay. You know, eventually, again, you 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 gain more from failing than you do from from succeeding. I mean, we all know that, right? You 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 acquire uh, you you live 
you get the lessons from the the adversity that you live through rather than the uh the successes otherwise it's just pure um ego feeding uh you know the tap on the shoulder and the the applause as opposed to getting the you know the lessons from from being hit by adversity yeah. or difficulties which allow you to become a better person that's i mean personal development in a nutshell right great thank you thank you very much for those words thank you for sharing Anna. thank you ja du jäkla vilket härligt självförtroende tycker jag ja verkligen mm, underbart att kunna vara sån på något vis Det tänkte jag på. Ja, det är det, det är det är ju precis som du var inne på i början. Det är ju olika personlighetstyper som är överlevare egentligen. Mm. Och att använda ett misslyckande till sin fördel kräver ju att man ser på sitt misslyckande precis så som Anna säger. Inte mitt fel utan det var omständigheterna som gjorde det här. Jag gjorde mitt bästa. Ja, Och att på något vis att göra sitt bästa, det var gott nog dessutom. Det var på något vis, det var inte heller så att han gjorde för lite utan han gjorde sitt bästa och det räckte. Men det var ändå omständigheterna som inte stämde. Fantastisk inställning tycker jag. Mm, så det tycker jag vi får ta med oss därifrån. Jag skrev upp ett par grejer där. Jag var bara en data point. Ja, yeah, I was just a data point. Ja, att, att liksom om inte, det, det, finns, det finns de datapunkterna som någonsin leder till i alla, alla kurvor och allting så finns det de som gör succé. Men de gör det någonstans också på bekostnad av att det måste finnas ett gäng som inte gjorde det. Ja, han pratar ju om, det låter som han ser det som någon sorts nollsummespel. Ja. Ett, hela kosmos på något sätt. Ja. Så det var, det var häftigt. Och sen det här med... I think I have tamed, I have tamed being afraid. Det är också ja. häftigt. Mm. Mm. Så det tar jag med mig. Ja. Mm. Ska bli kul att se vad han gör med boken och vad han gör ja. härnäst. Och vad som händer fler för projekt. Det kan komma allt ja. möjligt därifrån. Ja. Tack för att du lyssnar. Glöm inte att regga dig på expansion.com.